Welcome back to the Dichotomy Diaries. I'm your host, Amanda Arnier, and this is episode nine? What? What is even going on? How did we get here, you guys? Boy, do I have a surprise for you this week. I decided that you need more. So we're going to veer off track for a second before I take you back to the roller coaster of terror that was my life, okay? You're like, Amanda, what more do we need? Right? How about a personal testimony from a past client slash friend of Dick? You're all ears now, huh? Enter Kyle. Hi, my name is Kyle, and I'm from Arizona. And I came across Dick for the first time on gay Twitter. I know how that sounds, but um, that's how I met him. I met him because I saw him on Twitter posting, and he had a link to his OnlyFans, which is his subscription site for porn where you pay a fee and you can see videos that he's filmed of himself doing things with or without clothes on. And um, he also had links to his Instagram and links to his clothing line and links to selling insurance um, and links to becoming a personal trainer. So um, I eventually approached him on Instagram and I saw some of the photos he was posting looked like it was just down the street from where I lived. And I said, huh, that's interesting. Most of these guys you see on Twitter are from all over around the country. Here's one right in my backyard. So reached out to him on Instagram to become a uh, fitness client. And then I guess the rest is history. Reached out on Instagram to become a fitness client? You don't fucking say. Okay, so we cleared that up. But what do you remember about your first impression? How did he treat you? Did you feel that he was friendly? Was he flirty? Was he acting pompous? Was this alpha showing right away? Or do you think that he was testing out the waters to see like what the relationship could become? As they say, the rest is history. Um... The one thing I do remember, he just had a great physique, a great body. Um, I thought it was a little weird the way he talked to the camera, but he also seemed very um, very much about his clothing and about his aesthetics and the suits he was wearing and the brands he was wearing and the ties. And He was very caught up in all that on top of maybe um, he wasn't yelling at the camera like a lot of the other guys do um, when they're demeaning um, gay men. So I thought he was attractive, and I thought he had figured something out, and he was a trainer, and he was, you know, this is an angle he was working. And I had a lot of questions about how it all worked, and he seemed very successful at it. And I figured, well, let's meet this guy and find out about the other side. Learn about, like, what goes into that. And this was um, early 2021. We're coming out of the pandemic. Um, We slowly, um, well, I won't say we were, I mean, we were friends by the definition of it and hanging out eventually. But I think we both knew that we weren't truly friends. One, because Dick 
really can't be friends with um, people that are supporting him or giving him money or just hanging around him. He always has to find a way to use people. Um, the other thing is I kind of knew. I saw through it all. But I think we enjoyed each other's time. He needed rides places. He His car broke down, and we had to go buy a new car for him and things like that. And so we got more to tell in the story and more to share to when I came across um, Amanda. But um, I knew him about four or five months before he met Amanda here in Arizona. Well, the Alpha definitely came out the whole time. But as we'll touch on like, our next episode, as I got to know him, you know, I just saw um, the kid in him, the young boy that was kind of trapped in his situation and what he was doing. And while he wanted to portray always that he knew what was going on and that he knew better and he was really smart, um, some of his ideas were not. And some of his thoughts on life and how the way the world works and how finances work and things like that, he didn't really um, have a formal education on any of that. And here was a guy that was going to work on selling life insurance to people. And I'm not even sure he understood the full way the life insurance products worked. Um, but he did know, and he was able to be a great salesman, and if he could sell his personal training plan, sell his body, or sell these insurance plans, he knew a way to survive to make the money that he needed to do to fund his lifestyle. And that was interesting to watch. Because he did have a, an alphaness of him that he deserved it. And that all these um, gays or fags online needed to bow down to him. And so... He truly did feel that, I think, um, or let the internet uh, make him believe that. You know, it's quite interesting to have you here and talking to the listeners because I think that they they really have no idea the depth of the taboo sexual nature of the internet. And so while I have you, I want to ask you some questions about that. So my first question is, what was the thing or the catalyst that made you want to pursue a more taboo sexual experience online and start exploring that? I think it's really important for the listeners to understand that there is this whole world of sex and relationships in real life. And then... The internet is just a whole different world, a whole different animal. So what took you from the in-person experiences being enough to, okay, well, now I want to explore things on the internet. What was that one thing for you? A lot of gay men uh, look to the internet for dating. So whether um, you're meeting people in person at the bars or through sports teams or things that you do in real life, a lot of the dating takes place on the apps, whether it be Grindr for hookups, Scruff, um, Tinder, uh, the dating apps. You know, you don't always know who in your world's gay. Even your coworkers or people you meet on the street you might be attracted to. And unless you have a lot of, say, balls to, to say something to them, you have to use the internet to kind of sort through the mess. Um, so the internet, even though the apps, um, the dating apps, those are used for hookups. Those are used for scheduling regular dates and relationships. And so the line kind of blurs there between um, looking online at porn, using 
Pornhub using all the internet porn that's out there. And um, sites like Tumblr and Twitter have kind of blurred the lines. You know, Instagram is the PG version of it. You know, you see what guys look like, their workouts, their routines. But then Twitter lets them post all sorts of explicit content. And there is a whole world out there of guys that just want to pose online for money. Um, They want to get donations. Um, And then there's the fit dom world where guys are looking to be dominated online or just used financially. And they get get off on that. Um, Sometimes it's pure fit dom, as they say, where the doms make requests and wish lists and those get fulfilled. And there's very little interaction. And then there's other doms that really get to know their subs and interact that. There's also um, doms on there like cam models. Um, you see on Shatterbait. You see on some of the sites out there. Um, and those guys will do stuff and perform. So what I was intrigued by, it's always when you're online looking at things and seeing guys' photos. I have seen a lot of different men on Twitter. Um, you have a lot of straight guys who, or guys who say they're straight, and they pose online as these alpha males. And most of them are, are very fit, very attractive, very good-looking shirtless, very good-looking online. And you'll look through them and see some of the photos they post, the videos they post. And the ones that are more engaging are the ones that you're drawn to. The ones that maybe post online and talk to the camera, talk to their followers, talk to their subscribers, their sub, their, their submissives. Um, and so I've always been intrigued by it and watching the dynamics and how it flows. Some guys are selling themselves online. So it's a modern-day escorting. And whether it's just sending you videos of them jacking off or videos of them doing things online, being naked, um, they're sending you that. So you're buying content. You're purchasing videos from individual people. Um, and, you know, this is where I came across Dick's photos on Twitter. Um, he had an Instagram, and he's out there posting. And um, he had one of the subscribed video sites like OnlyFans, and he had a lot of options available. Um, on the flip side, his Instagram was very much... Um, be hire me to be your personal trainer. Um, I can get you a weight loss plan. I can do this. And a lot of these online trainers, you'll send them money or, or subscribe to them, and they'll send you kind of a cookie-cutter plan. Some of the good ones out there will maybe take your goals and your body weight and measurements into account and send you a more detailed plan to work on. And so he was um, working on it from all angles, so so to speak. This is so insightful. I'm so excited to have you here. Well, you know what I mean. Okay, my next question is, do you think that others that participate in this space of FinDom online sexual encounters have the same experience that you have? Or what do you think propels others to get into the space? You know, that's a good question about what propels others to get into the space. Um, and I think for everyone, it's a little bit different. Um, a lot of guys, a lot of individuals today are lonely, right? They're at home, they're lonely, they don't have a relationship. And the Internet's a great escape for them. Um, these online relationships are escapes. And you have a lot of these alpha males or these um, dom guys that, that have either um, believed that they are 
truly a god or a king, or they have learned to exploit it. Um, there are a lot of gay guys that are on there that pretend to be straight off of male men so that they can, they can earn money. And these guys are earning their money to pay their rent, to pay their bills, their cars, their travels. And some guys are uh, furnishing lavish lifestyles where they get to furnish their travels and buying Louis Vuitton and, and um, buying really nice things and going out to nice dinners and vacations. And that's paid through by their supporters and their subscribers and their subs. So for everyone, it's a little bit different, Amanda. I think a lot of people are lonely, and they're looking for an escape. Another thing I would say is maybe um, guys are looking to be like the person that they're giving money to or they're aspiring to. So they know in their own lives, um, now they're a 30, 40, 50-year-old man. Maybe they've came out later in life. Maybe they've been married, wife and kids, and they've been closeted. And the Internet provides a great escape and a great cover for them. They can just go have fun, talk to their dominant alpha muscle guy. They can interact with him online in a safe place, and they just send them money. And some of the money is maybe so that they keep it private. Um, you're paying a, a fee to get in. You're paying admission. Um, you send a guy a couple hundred dollars, he makes you a video, a personal video, where he jacks off and he says your name and um, interacts with you. And this is worth money to people, people that would normally just be buying money, uh, regular porn, or buying um, videos on the internet, subscribing. You know, a lot of porn's free nowadays, um, but this personalized version of it is not. And the connections you have with people is not. And I think a lot of people are seeking those connections. And um, they're weak, uh, lonely, and they're willing to do anything they can for find that little bit of happiness. So that's interesting that you say that because I have pondered on this for hours over the past two and a half years. And what I keep coming back to is that it's really people looking for connection. However, there's feelings involved. There's this person is pining after you. And and at what point do we say that maybe these people are getting taken advantage of? What do you think about that? Someone like Dick has um, learned very well to manipulate those feelings. Um, and he's learned very well how to manipulate what happens to incite someone to want to spend money on him, give him money. Um, he even does in-person meets and where he'll meet with them and does who knows what, um, with them, you know, from what the conversations I had with him and, and when I met him in person, while we didn't have a sexual relationship, um, we did have a relationship where, you know, I did things for him and helped him out. And we'll touch on that more in some, in a future episode, I hope, Amanda. So, um, but what he would go meet these guys and go on trips, you know, he'd be wine and dined and rubbed all over. And in, in some cases, the amount of money being spent, probably there was some sex that took place. If nothing else, straight guys do like money and then they like getting blowjobs. And, and gay guys love giving blowjobs. So that would probably be the number one thing that happens on those encounters. But some gay guys want more. And uh, some of these fin doms and even real-life escorts are willing to give them more for the money. 
Wine dined and 69 I fucking love that expression. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so recap. Straight guys love getting head. And gay guys love giving head. Okay? Straight women also love giving head. The good ones. Wink, wink. All right. So time for another question. What do you think... Or Okay, how do I word this? How do you think mental health comes into play in this space? You mentioned about there being a lot of porn that's for free, but it's not personalized. So it's like, does the regular porn not do it for these individuals anymore? Or is it more like, yeah, regular porn still does it, but having my name in a custom video, like that would just be bomb. Like, is it that much better? I, I just think that there's like this propensity for overstimulation and watching so much porn, like, like let's just call a spade a spade, right? Maybe these people are lonely. Maybe they have social anxiety. Maybe they aren't going out and they just like don't want to put themselves out there. So they take care of that with the internet. And at what point does someone become numb to the free stuff and have to graduate, for lack of a better term, to a more personalized experience. And in that, let's just talk about the multitude of graduations. Okay, so you graduate to a video jerking off with your name, all right? So when does that turn into, okay, I am fully your fin sub and now I have to give you half of my paycheck? And when does that turn into becoming like a live-in sub? Like basically a a maid or a slave? Or needing humiliation or degradation in order to achieve orgasm or sexual pleasure? So I know that was just a lot, but talk to me about the type of dynamic and how you perceive the relationship between all of that. So you talk about a lot of the different fetishes that guys have and everyone's into different things. Um, and online porn's great. Online porn is out there. It's readily available. Um, but even Instagram to some extent is a, is a PG version of porn. You get to see the guys. Um, OnlyFans is that personalized you. Maybe the guy you're fantasizing or the girl you're fantasizing about now shows all and, and creates their own online porn and fantasy world. Um, so people are always going to pay for that. They want that extra level. You know, there are a lot of um, rich, lonely old men rich people or people in their 40s and 50s that maybe now are divorced or now they're coming out of the closet and they find the safe space on the internet to explore those fetishes. So I don't know if it's necessarily a graduation. It just depends on how deep your pocketbook is and then really how experienced the performer, the creator, or in the sense, the dom. Um, and there's some that are just pretending to be doms. And some truly believe themselves to be alphas. And there's lots of subs out there that want to support that idea of the perfect man. You mentioned red peeling. uh, The idea that that certain men are better than other men. The idea that straight men and alpha men are above the gay men. And so that's played into it a lot. Um, 
using the the F word, um, calling calling the guys fags, and using those words, calling them bitches and names, basically plays into all of that and the mindset. So some some guys want to be humiliated. Um, ultimately, the the controls where the money's at, and the guy that's spending the money technically is the customer and has the control. The fit dumb world tries to turn that upside down on that the guy receiving the money has the control. And he tells you when to send it. And he tells you when he needs it. And whether he's truly alpha or not or just broke, that's for you to figure out. Okay. So we're going to pause for a second because I have a story to tell you. So there was always this red MAGA hat that just floated around my home. And I never, ever saw him wear it. Ever. I knew that he was Republican. I knew that he had met Donald Trump. Like, but he never, ever wore the fucking hat. So I'm always just wondering why it keeps moving with us. Like, why do we need this MAGA hat, you know? And one day, he's like, I had to take a call. I'm like, okay. And so he leaves the door open, which was pretty rare. And he's sitting in front of the computer. And... He's like, where's my MAGA hat? And I'm like, I don't fucking, I don't know. And actually, I knew exactly where it was because I had moved it and I had put everything away. So I'm like, hold on. I think I know where it is. So I go and grab it. And he's like, okay, give it to me. And I'm like, what do you, like, why do you need this? And he's like, oh, it's like red pilling. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> he's like, just listen, you'll, you'll understand like, okay. So I was like kind of like half in, half out of the room. And it was, it was, the client was on Skype, a video call, and it was a black man and he was gay. And the conversation immediately, it was like, hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Immediately started talking politics. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on here? Like, is this guy going to like, is this what he's paying for? Like, and then, so, he, so Dick has his shirt off and he has this MAGA hat on and this guy starts like, wow, your muscles are real big. I'm like, okay, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> and the guy's like, give it to me. And Dick starts verbally degrading this man, but like on the, on the, pretense of like you're a liberal loser all liberals are like you and you are like all liberals and he's he said the n-word you guys this man asked him paid him rather to call him a racial slur on top of other slurs Against his sexuality, against his political stance. And you want to know what this man was doing, the client, on the other end while my husband was doing this? He was jerking off. That's what he was doing. That's what he needed to come. So when I talk about like graduation, that's what I'm talking about. Like what does it take? How numb do you have to be to every? thing that you find on the internet like there's some fucked up shit you guys to like need that it's 
honestly insane. So that's why I always get excited to talk about the red pilling because I, I, it just blows my mind. We can, we literally can talk about this for hours, but like, let let's just dive back in because Kyle's got a lot to say. The guys that are broke and just gym rats and have found out from their friends that they could go on the internet and just call these guys names and flip off the camera, show their feet. Feet's a big fetish. Um, feet's a fetish. Showing their their cocks, showing stuff like that. Sometimes all they need to do is yell at the camera and tell the guys to fuck off, and people will send them money. People will go to their wish list and buy them things so that they can see their alpha opening up these gifts or enjoying this stuff about their lives. So they feel like they're part of something higher than themselves. Um, And that's what you see in this. And you find guys like Dick who have learned very well to exploit that to the fullest extent that he can in order to get money to fuel his gambling addiction, to fuel his lifestyle, to fuel his pay his rent, um, vacations, get guys to send him watches, um, anything like that, plane tickets, pay his rent, all the stuff. And he's not the only one on there that does this, but he has done it, um, and he, he doesn't really care what the consequences are to those people that, that contribute to him. You know, I think it's really funny that you say like to fund this or to fund that, to pay rent, to pay for trips. I'm not saying that this is a good way to live at all, but if done right, and this is where my mind was at before I know what I know now, is that there are a lot of people willing to pay for these kind of services, okay? Everybody's got a thing. And on top of that, the money, like, you can make insane money doing it. And so you would think that if you can make, I don't know, $10,000 in a day, let's talk about, like, the, the best day, that you would pay your bills at the fucking minimum. But, like, no, there was no bills being paid. There was no... um hey let me like happy wife happy life like no that didn't happen it literally was a one-man show and it was a means to fund like Kyle said the gambling and at the end of of every month if you looked at our bank statements we had 20 30 forty thousand dollars coming in but it all went right back out and the balance at the end of the month was somewhere under $5 every month. So it, it's just interesting to me because I never really got, I was never first. And all of these other men came before me. And they, w- they would, you know, linger around. And you know that these people had feelings for him. Because just you could just tell by the way that they would speak to him and they looked at him. So I'm like... Okay, but it's just, it's just it's it's really like watching a car accident happen. Like it's devastating that someone can go through that much money and not have the wherewithal at all to be able to do something good for themselves, for their future, for their wife. I don't know, like for their child. Like it's it's just insane to me. Okay, anyways, back to you, Kyle. Dick doesn't necessarily care about those guys giving money. Now, he does care about the ones that have maybe 
really given him a lot of money because he wants to keep cultivating that. He wants to continue to keep draining them of their funds and money and keep them on the hook. Give them their drug, and their drug is access to to an alpha man like Dick. Their drug is access to a muscle man. Their drug is um, serving and worshiping a muscle body like that. Um, and for the ones that he talks down to, I know there's some race play and some uh, political play that pulls in, and he tells them that, that us Magna guys are better, and he tells them things like, you know, makes the the African-American guy wear a hat, makes the black guy that wants to contribute to him wear a Magna hat, and humiliate himself just for Dick's own pleasure, and really just to get inside the head of the submissive, so the submissive then feels more um, humiliated and ready, willing and pliable to donate money to him. Where I got to watch a lot of it, um, because I met him in real life and a real person, there kind of was that back and forth. And I was more like an observer to the whole thing. Because I know we talked about this, and I checked my accounts, and um, I don't think I really sent him any money. I mean, there was some initial funds that traded places to buy a a workout plan or something like that. But then... um, you know, the only time I saw some funds go in and out of my my cash app with his name on it were when he was short on paying his rent and he needed someone to, well, he was out of town to go get a money order and, and pay the rent. So um, we could cover that on the next episode as well. But uh, what I saw was when he was hurting for money, he would then play into these guys' fantasies and get on there and do, oh, Skype was real big. Skype or any sort of WhatsApp where you can um, do a live interaction, um, you're getting to have those live phone calls, those FaceTime calls, and interacting with your dom. So that's just like, you know, role-playing that you're, you know, you have a relationship, or role-playing the relationship. And he could be anything from the the coach and you're the jock to, to doctor and nurse to teacher and son to the babysitters yelling at you, or just that your best friend is, like, you know, talking to you online and starts jacking off for you. You know, to some extent, you know, Dick would do anything for money, and uh, including just grovel to these guys' fantasies in order to make that extra buck. One thing that's important for your audience to understand, just like in the straight world, I mean, the gay world, there are a lot of fetishes, and humiliation is one, and the fit dom is enough where you just have to pay money and be ignored. Um, and that's what um, guys like Dick could play into. Um, but he'd also make custom videos. Um, he'd also do those Skype sessions. And there's a lot of that fantasy where he would do. There were some foot play videos that I've seen. Um, I think I even bought one. Just random one that was on his OnlyFans you could just buy that he had for sale. And, uh, you know, they're just videos of guys doing stuff for him and when we touch base later i'm going to tell you a little bit more about um what dick said to me when he first met amanda and um i had driven him to other dates with other women and i had driven him um halfway to vegas one time and i'll tell you about that as well but um hearing how he met amanda what he told me about amanda and then how he kept her distant from me just the right way. Um, so that I didn't really get to know her or meet her very well. But I knew of her. I'd seen her. 
Um, he kept me a little distant. You won't believe what he told me after their first date. I'll, I'll tell you that in the episode. You won't believe what happened when they went to Chicago for the first time. Well, let's just say the rent got paid. And when he finally came time to move out, you won't believe what happened. And I gotta tell you about his neighbor. Oh my god, Amanda. We gotta talk about his neighbor. Oh, there are so many questions. So much to tell. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that neighbor. Rest in peace, my guy. That was fucking, like, that's tragic. And also super crazy. If your head is spinning right now with all this craziness, imagine living it. Like, Imagine living it, not getting any love, having no money, and trying to, like, make the right choices. Can't stress enough how impossible that is. Um, But I hope that you guys got to see from a male's perspective, a close friend's perspective, now a client's perspective. Now, maybe, you know, there's not exchange of money for service per se but service for service right you know you're you're being someone's companion you know helping them out with things driving them around you know so it was transactional which is really the basis of all of the quote-unquote relationships that my husband has with anyone um I will say if You think back to one of the very, very, very first episodes. There was an individual that I had asked Dick about that I would see drive past the apartment. And I was like, who is this guy? And if you can remember or maybe go back so that you have it fresh in your mind, what he told me about that person and Now, having heard said person's truth and what really happened, I think you guys will have a more clear picture as to how the manipulation works from multiple angles. So, Kyle, thank you so much. I want to give you a moment, Kyle, to say anything else that you think is relevant to the storyline or that the listeners need to know so the floor is yours once again and I'm pretty sure you got some good stuff the one question I get asked about dick all the time is also about his sexuality because me as a gay man wouldn't I know if if this other person I was hanging out with was a gay man as well and I honestly believed that he wasn't gay. He wasn't gay at all. Um, but I did know that he was able to perform gay acts or do things for gay men in order to earn money. Um, so whether they call it gay for pay, you call it escorting, or in his case, he would dominate them and financially dominate them. And then, um, you know, but at the end of the day, when you're hanging out with, you know, multimillionaires, guys that own estates in Hawaii, flying you to Miami, the guy with the money is in charge. You're just the pop- Oh, Amanda, if I could have warned you about him then, I don't even know if you would have believed me what I knew then. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know half the truths. While I had a good picture of what was going on, 
I didn't know the full history. I knew the I knew the here and the now, the present. Um, and I've got receipts. You know, we've talked about that. We've got receipts. We've got tax returns. We've got statements he'd leave around. Just all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, credit card applications and and the guys he was talking to and the guys he was getting money from and all that. But um, little did I know all the women of his life before. Um, I just knew of the daughter. You know, of course I knew about his daughter and I knew the pictures were there and, and he talked about that. But um, anyways, that's what's going on. One thing looking back on it, Amanda, is that were we friends or was I just being used the whole time? And while I think he doesn't know any better, Dick doesn't know any better than to just use people for whatever he can get, um, some of the conversations we had, he was, you know, he was a broken man. He was um, someone that was lost, um, a ship without a rudder, um, a leader without anybody following him. You know, he had a lot of great skills and knowledge, but he also did wasn't a very smart man. Um, and, and by, like, whether it's book smarts or, like, um, he was very good at being manipulative, but he didn't really know the way the world works, you know, didn't understand finance very well, didn't understand, you know, it kind of felt like I was watching an episode of Catch Me If You Can, and this was a guy that was, um, you know, he was a chameleon of sorts. And there were times where he let his guard down and you felt like you were friends. And you were helping him out and you were doing things. And there was other times I was like, yeah, he's just using me for a ride. He's using me for this or asking me to do his laundry or something like that. Um, we're expecting things done. But um, I never had, you know, luckily I never paid him for sex. Didn't have any sexual relationship with him. So in that case, you know, we would go get haircuts together. Um, he'd have a barber show up in a school bus and a mobile barber we get bar our haircut outside all sorts of crazy stuff happened and we had fun together but um it was more like bros and you know what can you do for me yeah and you know i think that that is sometimes the most difficult part of all of this is looking back at what you know your reality was and having real moments with such a monster who when you're away from it you can now see it for what it's worth makes everything more clear but it still hurts it really does because that was real for you the experience was real for me it was real for you Kyle every single person that has been left in this man's wake it was real for them. And regardless of whether or not they overlooked red flags or they knew it but they still liked the company, it doesn't matter. Manipulation is manipulation because you think that it's real. And we're all going to be manipulated at one point or another in our lives. Does it make it right? No. Are you a stupid idiot? No. Could you probably have made better choices? Yes. 
But it doesn't matter because in the end, it still hurts. I was also a little heartbroken when it all ended, and I'll tell you more about that as well, Um, you know, just how suddenly it ended um, and how quickly he moved on with you and then moved away. But um, in reality, he was running away from something. It's not like he was, well, he wasn't running away from me, but, you know, he was just always running away from something, leaving a, leaving a bill behind, leaving a financial obligation behind, leaving a eviction behind, um, leaving a, a repoed car behind. Um, and we all know how he left his daughter behind. So, you know, this, it's just a tragic story, you know, like, it, it, it's just sad. But, um, and I'm sad that you got wrapped up in it all, Amanda, but I'm really glad to see you making something of it here. And we're telling other people, you know, about people like him, um, and how the dicks of the world continue to act this way unless we, we speak up and say something. I'm next to positive that you guys weren't expecting that. Where are you? I'm glad that still keep you on your feet no there'll be more surprises in the rest of season one um lots of them but kyle's right we really are doing something good here we are talking about the stuff that no one wants to talk about The topics that get swept under the rug or that live in the dark corner of your brain that eat at you over time. The topics that you could probably talk for hours about. One of the things that comes to mind right now is something that I repeat to myself over and over when I podcast mentally. And it comes from this place of emotion. I tell myself, if I'm thinking a thought and my immediate gut reaction is that I feel embarrassed and I don't wanna share it, I know that it's something that I have to share because the only reason I would feel embarrassed about something was if there was some kind of taboo or negative nature or connotation with the topic. Things, thoughts, feelings, all all of this, it shouldn't feel foreign in your gut, in your heart. So never ever second guess your intuition. Talk about things with people face to face. Stop second guessing yourself you're way smarter than you ever will give yourself credit for. And you're way stronger, too. Look where I'm at. I, it's, you guys will find out soon, like, what kind of space I was in this summer. And to be where I'm at right now, and to have the love and support and actual excitement for what is next in my fucking life, my life? Like, I could go and live in Italy with my two Italian-named dogs. I, who knows? And I'm excited about that. 
It used to scare the living fuck out of me so much that I stayed with a man that deliberately degraded, abused, and bankrupt me. And here I am. So if I can do this, you guys can do anything. And I just want to, again, from the bottom of my heart, say thank you. If you could, please review the podcast below. All of your interactions, sharing, all of that has made the podcast grow so quickly, organically. There's no money being spent on marketing. This is all you guys. So thank you again. And next week, or maybe a little bit earlier, you guys will find out about that call with the Arizona girl. I'm your host, Amanda Arnier, and this is The Dichotomy Diaries.